To me, commitment feels like um, being really clear in my beingness about what I'm devoted to. So it's it's first having a depth of clarity around what, what it is I am in service of or in devotion to in my life. And once I have that level of clarity of like, what am I, what am I offering? What am I giving? What am I, yeah, just giving my life force to in this lifetime? Then if that is true, that that's what I'm truly devoted to, then commitment is this like continuous, I just see this continuous wave of like, falling away from that and coming back to it and falling away from it and coming back to it and falling away and coming back. And so the commitment is the act of, even when I fall away, I'm coming back. Even when I fall away, I'm coming back. And I guess if I really distill it down, that's what commitment feels like. It's that part of us that chooses to come back to what we're devoted to. Today I speak with multidimensional sound channel for the heart of the human experience, Jane Mayer. Jane is a singer, songwriter, poet, storyteller, and keeper of ancient future mythology. Her transmissions weave rhythms from the heart of the earth, the harmonies of the deep south where she was born, and the cosmic hums of the mystic holy one. She offers multidimensional guidance through one-on-one shamanic mentoring, periodic teaching, and retreats in sacred places around the world. Jane is a beloved friend that I had the fortune of meeting here in our hometown of Birmingham, Alabama. And I have had the honor to receive some of her wisdom, her medicine through sound. Her sound journeys are just so rich and nourishing and awaken deep memory within you. In this episode, we discuss the beautiful journey of this life, how Jane has learned to approach the boulders along her path of awakening, and how to alchemize discipline into devotion through deep compassion and consistently choosing love. There are so many nuggets of wisdom in this episode that you may wish to listen more than once. I'm excited to share this with you. Enjoy. Namaste and welcome to Veda Talks, a podcast exploring how to apply ancient Vedic wisdom to navigate our modern day world with the intention of living as awakened, integrated beings. This is a place where conscious conversations lead to inspired action, empowering us with tools that we can apply now that lead to tangible, progressive change. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's dive right in. Namaste. It's so wonderful to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Penny. I'm so happy to be here. Um, As I've shared with you before our meeting, um, this idea of around commitment, of finding time to really draw in that dedication for our spiritual practices is, has been such a journey for me. And I find that it's a journey for the majority of us. 
And so I would love to hear some of your experience with this. And I'd kind of like to start with, you know, what is your, your definition of commitment? Mm. To me, commitment feels like um, being really clear in my beingness about what I'm devoted to. So it's, it's first having a depth of clarity around what, what it is I am in service of or in devotion to in my life. And once I have that level of clarity of like, what am I, what am I offering? What am I giving? What am I, yeah, just giving my life force to in this lifetime? then if that is true, that that's what I'm truly devoted to, then commitment is this like continuous, I just see this continuous wave of like falling away from that and coming back to it and falling away from it and coming back to it and falling away and coming back. And so the commitment is the act of, even when I fall away, I'm coming back. Even when I fall away, I'm coming back. And I guess if I really distill it down, that's what commitment feels like. It's that part of us that chooses to come back to what we're devoted to. I love that. Yeah. It is a a beautiful imagery. It creates beautiful imagery for me because I think that's the majority. Like I was thinking with the new moon, we have these fluctuations, right? We wax and wane. Mm. And even when we are steadily putting one foot in front of the other on this path. There are pauses. Yeah. We may get a little lost in the brush towards the side and then we have to find our way. And sometimes it's, it's challenging. There's a lot of, you know, thick overgrowth that now we're having to clear to get back to the path. So I love this, um, this imagery around coming back. Yeah. Back to that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, it really feels like, you know, there's, there's also these times and spaces on the journey when we become aware of a part of our being that's obstructing our connection to the path. And it's not even like, oh, I saw that before and I fell away from who I really was. I mean, for me, just in, in terms of our deepening relationship, you know, my commitment to starting a sadhana and to starting practice in that way, it, it wasn't, it was just like all of a sudden the karma, the energy, the, um, the momentum that was, I was becoming so aware of and so clear of, I just knew that i I was not going to be able to break through that obstruction and get back to the path, the clear light, if I didn't have a deeper practice. And so sometimes it's not even like, oh, I know it. And I know what this is. And I'm falling away from doing the thing I know I'm supposed to do. Sometimes we come to these boulders in the path and we're like, holy crap, this is way bigger. This is way stronger than I anticipated. And I'm going to have to choose to expand my capacity to expand my beingness to now encompass and integrate this boulder. There's really no other choice. And one of the things I kind of (laughs) joke about with people, but it's like, it is a joke and it's also totally not a joke at the same time. It's like, Every time I reach one of those boulders in the path, there's two choices. Number one is to die. And I mean, like, 
commit suicide, right? Because it will eventually take us there. This is part of my own journey or to grow. And it, it really is kind of that simple at the end of the day, because even if it's not suicide per se, when we hit a huge boulder obstructing the path, it's just going to take us down into all our old patterns and habits and ways of being. And so all I'm saying at this point is basically it's a choiceless choice. (laughs) So you might as well just name it as commitment and just like really fully give yourself to it. So in that moment, of arriving and seeing the ginormous boulder yeah. in front of you. What is it that empowers you? Because it is still a choice. You say it's a choiceless choice, but you really, in every moment we have choice, we can make decisions. So what is it that empowers you to stay here mm. in body, present, making mm. the choice to show up? Well, I think there's, I think it's two things. One of them maybe sounds a little strange, but one of them, honestly, is that I I really do know that if I don't do it this time, I have to do it next time. I was like, well, (laughs) might as well just do it now. So that's one. I think there's, there's like a warrior in me who's like, I'm never doing this time over again. Like, I did this lifetime. I'm doing this lifetime and I never want to have to do this one over. So that's one. And then number two is something I'm tapping into more and more recently, which is that rather than holding the commitment as like, well, I don't want to have to do this lifetime over and I better do it now, whatever. Hmm is actually coming into a place of love and devotion that for whatever reason, this is the boulder that was placed in my path. And it's a boulder that is woven through the collective field and my ancestry and my future DNA, however it expresses itself here. And that I can come back to that commitment to meeting that boulder because I'm so devoted to liberation so like in the core of my being, anybody who knows you will tell you like at the very center of my being is like this totally nonsensical devotion to liberation. And, um, that depth of devotion, that like really deep heart, that really strong love for God for the embodiment of God on this planet gets me through some really hard places Um, because I just want that more than anything else. It's incredible to have that clarity and to in those moments of incredible choice to choose love every time. Mm. that's what love is liberating Mm. we're liberated in love and Mm -hmm. so to be able to make that just to turn towards love Mm. yeah it's beautiful Mm. I recently Mm -hmm. read a quote um, 
by uh, Ananda Maima, and she was talking about how once we get a taste of that mm. liberation, then it becomes, it's like, okay, now we know, like we're, we've had a taste of what that feels like, that all-encompassing, limitless, expansive, boundless love, and how different that is from the ego-based self. And so it makes it easier to start tearing down brick by brick of the walls of the ego. Have you found that? Totally. Because, yeah, Yeah, because once you taste it, you're like, there's nothing like this. Like, I want this more than anything. Yeah. 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 I actually had a moment. I had a moment yesterday. And um, I really feel to share this. You know, it's, it's so interesting. My own personal journey has been the weaving of a lot of lineage, a lot of different lineages. It seems to be my path this time to, to weave um, indigenous plant medicine with Christianity, with Vedic lineages, with Buddhism, like it's just all weaving itself together. And for me, you know, one of my, my deepest, most amazing sources of love is Christ. And oftentimes, even when I'm in sadhana practice and I'm chanting, you know, when I'm chanting the Kriya to Saraswati, Jesus comes, you know, it's like, right. These are, and he's one of my, like, I just love him so much. So yesterday, um, one of the things that's been happening to me a lot on my journey, strangely enough, um, maybe not strange at all, but is that when I really reach the space in the center of the heart, I'm receiving these Bible verses from the Sermon on the Mount. And it, they just come in like Jesus is right there just being like this, this exact line, this is the thing you're working right now. And yesterday's was oh, until you become as little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And I, as I received that, right. And, and by like becoming little children, I think what it means is, is like humbling yourself to the boulder, right. Humbling yourself to that place in the path, being willing to shed it, being willing to receive help, being willing to let go of the ego, right. Being willing to let go of those protective identities and structures and restored to innocence. And, um, And the reason I'm saying all of that is because then when those frequencies come in and that river of love hits the body, there is nothing better. There's nothing on this planet that could ever meet that. And so as you were saying that Ananda Maima was saying, once you meet that river of love and you let it move through your body, it makes it easier to be devoted to it. For sure. Hmm. What wisdom? Yeah. Profound wisdom to take ourselves back to that childlike wonder and innocence Mm -hmm. and approach our practice in that way. What arose for me was, um, you know, our world has been um, 
kind of dominated by masculine energy. And there's a fluctuation that's happening now around that. But um, many of us approach our spiritual practices with this masculine energy too, right? So when we talk about commitment, we see it as this rigid disciplinarian, like, <laughs> oh, and of course, so it's, there's so much interesting um, information around that because I feel like that's kind of the conditioning that has been, for me personally, um, has been around if, if we are going to, you know, the word discipline was already used as something that was um, punishing, right? So the association of the commitment being there as well as some kind of rigid, we're approaching this and we just have to bulldoze through. So we meet resistance, we meet the boulder and we're like, I'm just going to charge, you know, like, so there's this masculine energy with that. And with what you just shared was, you know, arriving to it with that childlike wonder and surrender, mm. that offering of understanding that the boulder is grace too. Mm. The approach is so different. The approach to the devotion, you know, from discipline to devotion. And I'm curious if you have any insight or guidance or wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners about alchemizing this discipline that we must have when kind of stepping into our greatest selves, alchemizing it into devotion, mm. how to take that turn mm. and shift in our, the way we approach it, our perspective. And this is just, this is exactly where I am in my journey right now. So thank you for giving me the space to explore this with you. <laughs> Um, so when I first started this sadhana practice, you know, I came to Hawaii pretty soon thereafter, and I also had a call with one of my brothers, uh, a beautiful medicine man keeper on Maui named Keoni, who is a keeper of ferns and the fern consciousness, which is a whole world. And as I was sharing with him where I was in my journey and that I was starting this sadhana and um, just all of the pieces that were present in my life, we were talking about devotion and we were talking about discipline. And so he gave me two ferns to work with um, as I was in the sadhana. And one of them is discipline and one of them is compassion. And the wisdom that he offered that's really rung true for me is, mm, and it's woven its way through so many places in the past few months, has been that we have to first meet the wound of the masculine with deep compassion. You know, this, many of us in the Western world do carry a profound weakness around discipline. So it is true that we need more discipline. And it is actually true that sometimes that just looks like showing up when every part of your consciousness wants to run away, right? 
And so the, the addition of the compassion, the addition of that, that mothering, like he describes discipline or the compassion, this fern as meeting this self, the wound of the self, like how awful it's been to live without discipline. How much of a weakness, a a pain has arisen in my life because I don't have access to discipline. And to really meet that with love, like I'm so sorry that you lost that along the way. Um, Because when we don't actually have access to that like clear light discipline, that's, that's really devotion at the same time, it comes out in so many strange ways. Control, manipulation, avoidance, destruction, like just all of that energy. So that was really supportive for me. And I also will share, you know, that many times in the sadhana, um, there were days that I met moments in myself where I just really wanted to get up and run away. Like my whole body was just like, And, you know, I just had to stay with it and stay with it and move it. And instead of getting up and running away, I had to scream right at the top of my lungs, just like that primal reconnection to like, I will not run away no matter what arises, no matter what. So there's that like masculine strengthening that happens. It's really important. And then also it's some part of the sadhana, which has just been at some part of my life's journey as well that wasn't necessary. And it almost became like a habit, like, oh, it's so hard. And I have to meet it with so much discipline. And I remember there was a very distinctive day in the practice, probably around like day 50 or something. And I was still meeting the sadhana with that energy. And this voice was just like, listen, it doesn't have to be that hard. I was like, wow. They're like, what if you love this? Like, what if this is just like, what if this is just love? And then my whole being was able to just shift. And then the Jesus came and the archangels came and they were just like, we love you. (laughs) So, so, and it's both though. Cause like, you know, like there are some days that I show up and I really need to access that. Like, I'm not moving from this seat no matter what. And then some days it's actually softening into receiving the depths of the, like, doesn't have to be hard. You know, this is love. So I feel like it's both. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Hmm. think so thank you yeah it kind of feels like a drop the mic moment (laughs) you know like (laughs) because it is it I think it it all boils down to that trust you know that total trust uh that we can show up in every moment and we will show up in every moment for ourselves totally 
Yeah. And then just, you know, like I had a beautiful wise friend over here the other day and and she just said, you know, I'm in the process of learning that I actually have every tool I need in every moment and there's no need to ever run away. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning that too. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom, Jane, for sharing your experience. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. How can people get in touch with you if they would like to learn more about what you share? Mm, well, I have, um, I'm on Instagram at Jane Mayer Sounds. That's my music and poetry musings account. But I also, um, so I have two websites. One is for my sound, it's janemayersounds.com. And then if people are interested in shamanic mentorship or in consciousness tending sessions, um, I have my other website, which is janeislistening.com. She creates profound music that just <laughs> takes you on a journey. So I will link those websites and some of her music in the show notes. Thanks, baby. Thanks, Jane. How are you? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today and every month here at Beta Talks. We would love to hear your reflections on how this wisdom came through for you. Please reach out with any questions and suggestions. If you are interested in receiving personalized guidance, visit betatalks.com to schedule your one-on-one Vedic Astrology reading. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to receive an alert each month when our next episode goes live. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be honored for you to share it with your community. Until next time, shine bright, beloveds. Hari Om.